we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. Well, it's been a while, isn't it? Yeah. It seems, seems like it. We, uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> it's like we, uh, week last week we ran a episode that we had pre-recorded from weeks before. Yeah. I listened to, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I listened to part of it. And I think at the end we're like, hey, the tour is ongoing. And so, anyway. Yeah, no one knew. No one, yeah. <laughs> Smooth. So. Um, yeah, I was away again. It seems like we've spent the whole summer on the road. Which is good. The whole summer has just been like Maiden, 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 Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. It's been too much. Now, I wasn't I was away seeing Maiden this last couple of weeks, obviously, because the tour is over. But um, yeah, it was... Uh, I'm back now. And wow, we saw so many emails coming in. And we're doing out a fall plan now. We've got a lot of stuff to do this fall. So I'm pretty excited about that and getting back to uh, some more consistent recording times. Right. So to take a break from Maiden, today we're doing a oh, Bruce yeah. album. So we just right. need like a week with no maiden. <laughs> I know. Although, you know what? I, I listened to this the whole trip and on the way back and I was listening to it today. And, uh, well, we'll get into it. We'll break it down. But it makes you miss maiden. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. You know, it's like taking the best out of maiden. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess we got a lot to cover in this episode. We don't want to drag this episode out. Right. We well, want we to get this still have time. For, go. Still have time for a beer. Time for a beer. Do not spend your time worrying about those Wasted beers. Yeah, so you've got Timothy Taylor's landlord. I saw that in the liquor store, and I remember you mentioned it a couple times. Yeah, it's a pull. Well, I used to drink it as a pulled ale at the at the in, in Manchester, the Lasso Gallery that uh, probably right. you went to the night I ever got to yeah. this time, where I used to watch football. They always had it on tap, and it was one of these northern ales that was around. I didn't see it this time when we were I remember there. seeing the tap in one of the bars we were in, one of the pubs we were in. I saw the tap with Timothy Taylor. Oh, yeah? I can't remember where it was. Oh, you should have mentioned it. Maybe it was there at the Lasso Gallery. I don't know. Yeah, so here we go. The classic pale ale, 4.1%. After all my traveling in the last uh, couple of days, I don't know if this is going to be enough beer for me. I think we might need to, <laughs> to crack open a second one in this podcast. If you start talking, you might hear me slip off to the beer fridge. Um, looks good. Smells good. Initial first impressions. I'm having flashbacks to uh, Manchester. That's good. <laughs> it is good. That's really good. It's different though than when I used to get it on tap now. It's 10 years ago. Well, I remember we had the Trooper on tap and it didn't taste, it tasted totally different from the canned and bottled. So. It was better on tap, but this is, I would argue, better than the... Timothy Taylor Landlord was, I loved it because it was one of those Northern Ales and there, were, there was only so many back then, um, but uh, it was always a cheaper beer. And uh, it wasn't like a premium, but I drank a lot of it. I wasn't complaining. I was... It's good. It's very bitter, which I like. Mm. So I can't wait to hear your lead up because all I've done for this tattoo millionaire, um, obviously we gave a glowing review for the Scream for Me Sarajevo stuff and the soundtrack there was awesome. Right. Um, we did. I listened to Chemical Wedding a lot, which in some ways I wish we had covered today. Right. And then I started listening to this album. I'd listened to it before a bit, but this time I really dug into it. Right. Well, when you listen yeah. to the Bruce solo albums yeah this one kind of sticks out like a sore thumb it doesn't fit it doesn't seem to fit in with the other ones at all no and there's uh reasons for that so uh i'll get into that in a minute i'll tell you basically how this album came to like happen was so maiden came off the seventh sun tour in 1989 they decided to like kind of have a take a year off of touring and recording and, you know, knowing the guys in Maiden, they can't just, like, take a year off and vacation. They have to be, like, into yeah. stuff. 
Um, so Bruce finished writing this book called The Adventures of Lord Iffy Boat Race. And uh, that actually came out a week, a, a little over a week after this album came out. I got it right here. This is uh, the book. It's just some novel that Bruce wrote. I tried to get through it. It's, I don't know. What? Yeah. It's this was, is the first I've ever seen this. That's the second one I have at home too, called this The Missionary is, Position. This is ridiculous. Lord Iffy Boat boat race it's just a scottish flag half-naked lady running around the <laughs> top of this cartoon castle and he's out with a monocle drinking champagne yeah what it's is it's this? just this uh, novel that he wrote and it's uh really like stupid looking silly and goofy and it's like it's a chore to get through it yeah. i don't find it very funny <laughs> you can't read it no i'm only like it. two chapters in so but i am gonna finish it just because i tracked it down online at like a used bookstore so that one and the the sequel so i'm gonna force myself to read them although There's usually when i get halfway through a book and i don't like it i just like stop but for completeness for the maiden catalog oh my goodness. <laughs> anyway so that's what bruce wrote that uh steve harris edited the maiden england concert video and then he finished that and went to portugal to this like villa to take some time off and adrian did his, some stuff with asap i remember we played asap before on podcast i'll play you a clip of adrian's solo stuff Adrian did his solo album. So it wasn't like unheard of for uh, someone in Maiden to do a solo album. So there's this company called Zombo, which is like a sub-company of Sony Music Entertainment. It's like Maiden's publishing company. And they asked Maiden for a track for the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 soundtrack, uh, which I also have here, the vinyl. So this is the uh, music from the New Line Cinema motion picture soundtrack. Yeah, so you have, I'm looking at a vinyl here. That's got, uh, oh yeah, the first one, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. Yeah, we talked about that before, but how yeah. that was, um, he did that, who, did he do that with, was that with Yannick? Oh, yeah, right. well, I'm going to get into that now in a second. Okay. That's how this whole kind of album came about. So, Steve Harris was busy, hmm. and or didn't want to be into it. I think also the first 10 years box set came out after that. I don't know if he, had, if he was busy with that too, but he would, just edited the Made in England video. He was too busy, and Bruce decided to take it solo. So basically, they called him up and said, we need this song for the soundtrack. He asked Yannick. Yannick was... He knew Yannick from back when he was in Samson, and Yannick was in White Spirit. Mm-hmm. And Yannick had left that band Gillen, and uh, he was almost recruited by Dee Snyder to be in his solo band with, like, Clive Burr. Yeah. But he was, like, not into the whole makeup thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he said no to that, and they wouldn't, did... Wouldn't, he wouldn't want to look like an idiot on stage. Yeah. <laughs> And then he did a few demos. Remember that Gog Magog album with Paul Diano and Clive Burr? Yep. So he had that on the go. And then I read in Bruce's book that Yannick was considering selling his gear and giving up music. And he was going to do a sociology degree and go into teaching because he was kind of done with music. And Bruce was kind of like, 
no, 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 no. Keep your, keep all your equipment. I need you to write this song with me. So they wrote, Bruce wrote, uh, bring your daughter to the slaughter. He said he wrote it in about three minutes. That's like a quote from him. So he just kind of like did the song as a one-off, which is a super cheesy song. Uh, I'll play a clip of that. So that's the version from the soundtrack. It's a bit different than the Maiden version. And I was kind of giving the song a pass, even though it's like, oh, I got horrible lyrics and super cheesy, because it's for Nightmare on Elm Street 5, The Dream Child. And if you've seen that movie, it's like super cheesy. Like Eddie's almost like a, or I said Eddie, Freddy Krueger. Freddy. Yeah. Freddy <laughs> Freddy's Freddy. almost like a cartoon character in it. He's just like making all these wise cracks and stuff. So I don't mind the cheesy song. Um, so yeah, Bruce said he just like wrote it really quick. Zamba, the the company, they loved the track and they offered to like put out a solo album. And they asked him if he had more tracks, and he's like, "Yeah, I got tons of new, tons of solo stuff written," which he didn't. So then he was in a panic, and uh, this song was going to go on it, but Bruce or Steve Harris heard it, and he was like, "No, no, we're saving that for the next Maiden album." So then he was basically had this deal to make a solo album and had no songs. So he got together with uh, Yannick, and they wrote the whole album in two weeks. Tattoo Millionaire was yeah. written in two weeks. And it shows. <laughs> it shows. It does. Yeah. So it was kind of a, you know, they kind of just like wrote this stuff really quick. Yeah. And recorded it. And they wrote it at Yannick's house in Hounslow in uh, West London. Do you remember we went through Hounslow on the train on the way to Heathrow when we were coming back? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. And they said like, uh, I read an interview with Bruce where they said like this jumbo jets were flying like really low over the house the whole time and said like they're making a lot of noise but people there apparently they didn't notice or they didn't care because they're so used to the noise from the airport so they wrote these songs in like two weeks some people i've read online say that like remember in somewhere on in the somewhere in time sessions yeah. bruce brought about a bunch of ideas for songs in and steve kind of rejected them and yeah. he had like no writing credits at all on somewhere in time that's right that's right we so, talked about that in yeah the seventh song. right so i'm wondering if some yeah. of these are like ideas left over from that that they yeah. kind of fleshed out a bit and uh they recorded at Battery Studios in London where they did Killer's Beast and then they went on to do No Prayer After. Yeah. And it was engineered and produced by Chris Sanger, Sangerides. I don't know how you pronounce it. It's one of those things yeah. I've seen online. I've seen his name a ton of times. And I've never heard anyone pronounce it, so I don't know if I'm saying it right. It starts with yeah. a T-S. But it's, it's too yeah. bad that, uh, you know, Zululu never made Summer in Time, but <laughs> we'll keep going. We'll keep going. So we'll this guy, he actually died in January of this mm. year. So Did he? And uh, But he did a bunch of later... Thin Lizzy albums, he did Judas Priest Painkiller, he did one of my favorite albums, Fully Completely by Tragically Hip. Oh, really? Yeah, which he I love. Fully Completely, yeah. that's an excellent album. I always mention the hip because uh, yeah. I think they're probably my second favorite, maybe not my second favorite band, but as far as like how far I've like gone yeah. down the rabbit hole on a band. Yeah. <laughs> like Maiden, I've got all the books and all the vinyl and stuff, but yeah. the Tragically Hip, I've got all the vinyl. A couple of days ago, I was on my computer and I have a hard drive and uh, I have 
We're looking through my tragically hip bootlegs. I have 440-something tragically hip bootleg concerts wow. in MP3 on my computer. Oh. I went kind of crazy collecting and making sure I had, like, full tours and all this stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm a hip fan. I like their stuff. I yeah. just feel that, like, Canadians blow, overblow them big time. Like, they're uh, a really good band. I don't think so. I think that they're kind of suffering from the same thing Maiden does, which is, uh, I know we're getting off on a tangent, but, like, okay. you know how people are kind of, like, Beast, Power Slave, and Peace of Mind, that's Maiden, and everything else is... They, yeah. You know what I mean? The hipper like that with like, uh, road apples fully completely. Yeah, uh, yeah, up to day yeah. for night, and then after that, yeah. it's I think people yeah. kind of well after Phantom Power, I think but people kind of Trouble like, in Hannah is one of my favorites, and that yeah. came late. Yeah, yeah, but no, I know, and, and then they have late. like seven or eight albums after that. But they they suffer with Canadians that kind of beetle mentality. Like everyone, like you can't insult them. Like I've seen them live times, and you we had this debate before yeah. off the air. Where, you know, I was like, I just don't like them live. And you were like, they're one of the best bands live. Yeah. Every time I've seen them, it's just not been great. Oh, yeah. And um, I've seen them more than I've seen any other band. Yeah. Or it's late in a festival. And I'm drunk, yeah, yeah. And know, festivals aren't, aren't great anyway. anyway. So, no, I mean, yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, I, he has that link there. That's pretty cool. Anyway, that was a tangent. Yeah. I love the hip. But, <laughs> I know. You know, they're not the best band of all time. Yeah. They're... Take that, Canadians. <laughs> I got a, a quote here from Bruce Dickinson. He says, Tattooed Millionaire didn't really fulfill any passionate longing. It was just a rock and roll album. I think if anyone was going through a phase of trying to do something deeper, it was Adrian, not me. Because Adrian, I think, had this like need to like express himself. Yeah. And that's why he did this ASAP thing. I think Bruce just kind of like, this is like a throwaway, fun project with Yannick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if me and you got a bunch of guitars and we just like banged out a bunch of stupid songs. So yeah. Some of them are good. Some of them are not so good. So in August... Nightmare on Elm Street 5, August of 1989, the Nightmare on Elm Street 5 soundtrack came out. Then in in the summer, they recorded Tattoo Millionaire. September of 89, ASAP, Silver and Gold came out. Then in January of 1990, they start doing No Prayer for the Dying. And I don't know if we'll get into it now, but that's kind of where Adrian kind of didn't like the direction the band was going. He left. We're going to do an episode on Adrian in a few weeks. So I'm not going to get into it now. But anyway, May 1990, Tattooed Millionaire came out. And October 1990, No Prayer came out. So it's kind of like there was this album recorded, then the Maiden album recorded. And then Tattooed Millionaire comes out a couple months later. Boom, No Prayer for the Dying comes out. So you can kind of see on this album where it came out before No Prayer, how Bruce's singing style kind of changed and how it was going to sound on No Prayer. He gets that like raspy, less melodic style. Yeah. You know what I mean? which I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah, the, the, when was the Sarajevo... Uh, when did he perform that concert? What was the date? That was long after this, because that yeah. was on the Skunk Works. Yeah, but what, what, what was the date? The concert was like mid-90s, wasn't it? What was the... 1994. But in the set list he, in the, that he played in Sarajevo, I don't recall any of these tracks on it. No, because I think like he... three years prior. Yeah, and I think That's he had a different. Me. Yeah, he had a different band by then too. He had that oh, okay. like Skunkworks band. So this is just him and Yannick. I'll get into who's in the band. That's a good okay, idea. Cool. So Bruce Dickinson, Yannick, and then on bass he has Andy Carr and Fabio Del Rio on drums. So Andy Carr, the, he got pulled into the band because, um, well, Sanctuary Group is Rod Smallwood and Andy Taylor's management company. They manage Maiden. Yeah. And. Uh, so through that, Bruce was managing this band called Three Rivers. Bruce's cousin, Rob Dickinson, was the drummer in Three Rivers. And he went on to be in Catherine Wheel. Remember we talked about that yeah, a long time ago? Yeah. 
but he was the drummer in this band and Andy Carr auditioned to be the bass player and played bass in this band with Bruce's cousin. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And then when he was asked to do the Nightmare on Elm Street soundtrack, he got him to play bass on it. And then he pulled him into the band when he got the full band, you know, the full album deal. And after this, he went on to play in, he, he was like a session, session musician. So he played a whole bunch of different like genres and stuff. Um, I got an interview. I read an interview with him online and like I tracked it down on some base website. I can't remember what website it was. And he says the album was recorded. I don't know if there's any like music tech geeks out there, but they recorded onto 16 track, two inch and 24 track, two inch tape, multi-track machines slaved together. And the editing was done with a razor blade. So it was like pre digital. So yeah 1990 yeah that makes sense yeah so anyway in case anyone's interested in like stuff. (laughs) (laughs) so that's how this guy came in fabio del rio was in a band called jagged edge and that's all i can i don't know anything about like where he came from i couldn't find anything about him online other than he was in this band So all I could find out about him was that he was in this band. And the what drummer. band is that? Jagged Edge. Jagged Edge. I know it has like a Sammy Hagar, like extreme kind of vibe to it. I don't know. It's very that's like cool. 90s sounding. But anyway, so that's the drummer. Yeah. It's a better band than So that's the band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the band that it's... they put together for this album. Yeah. So that's who's playing on it. So do you want to get it ready? Let's get ready in the Let's tracks. go into it. Okay. Let's go into it. We don't want to linger and make this two episodes. No, I don't no, think so. But uh, again, we don't need to rush it either. But yeah, um, yeah. So the, the background is pretty interesting. It, it you know, yeah. Not a not a huge, I guess, even by his his takes. So I'm get, I guess I'm prefacing what's going to bit to come by his own reflections and the fact that it it didn't come up. None of the music. Maybe it's a different band members, but none of these tracks made it into the screen for me. Sarajevo reference at any stage. It's like this album never existed. Um, yeah. Well, they did respect, tour it after. They toured it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so, all right, let's get into the album. But I know that the album's after this. Have... Like, the songwriting is so much better. Because I think this was the... Yeah. It shows that this was written in two weeks, I think. Like, I think they Really? Was, yeah. Like, really? I think they sat Son down... Son of a Gun? <laughs> so, Son of a Gun... Son of a Gun was written in... Son of the Gun... Son of a Gun, I think, is an awesome song. I think it's... There's a few really good songs on this album, and this is one of them. The song is awesome. The, t- the chorus and the and the... You know, the... the the guitar are, are solid together. Yeah. But it just keeps repeating Son of a Gun like over and over again. And it's just, to me, by the end of it, it now, I did like it at first yeah. because my dad used to always say, yes, Son of a Gun when we were kids, okay. right? Like yeah. it was a real fun thing for us. So I was like, oh, this is my dad loved this track. But then over time, like, I don't know, it just became like the rest of this album, which is just like, here's the title. There's a chorus that just repeats it over yeah. and over again. And Bruce just sings around the clock. And there's no real solos. I don't know. I think the song is good like the, the only one thing i noticed about the song i think it's really good like i would give it an eight out of ten mm. the guitar there's like this undistorted like guitar intro and there's some cool like electric stuff done in the back by yannick the song though as soon as i hear it it just sounds so similar to wasting love 
which is another song that Yannick wrote. Mm. So I have, have a clip. I have a clip, and tell me that these two. This is the first. Uh, the first intro is from Son of a Gun. The second one is Wasting Love. They sound almost identical to me. So it almost, yeah, it almost sounds to me like Yannick wrote this song and then liked it so much that when he did Maiden, he like took it and actually worked on it a little more. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like this was kind of like a demo of Wasting Love. And since no one in the world had listened to Tattooed Millionaire, (laughs) he got away with it. But like, it sounds so similar that I uh, made a mashup. Oh, cool. (laughs) Of the two songs. Um, They sound a lot alike. You can pretty much just go back and forth between the two. Um, I made this one. I wasn't going to play it because in the middle there's like, there's one part where I go between songs that's really abrupt sounding, so it's not that good. And I was going to fix it, but I was like, screw it. And then I just like, I gave up on it. But then I figured I just wasted like half an hour doing this, so I'm going to play it anyway. Are you clipsplaining right now? <laughs> clipsplaining, yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, they're very, very similar. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this song. You don't like it at all? I, See, well, I think this is a really good Bruce song. Yeah, for, yeah. for an album opener, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it is repetitive, I'll give you it that. It's just so, but it, it just, at, at the beginning, I liked it. Yeah. Uh, now, I listened to this album continuous for like about the last two weeks. Yeah. To much to the chagrin of my traveling partner. <laughs> and, uh, you know, by the end of it, it was just like so repetitive. But we'll get into that when I saw Yeah, up. but I like, I don't know, I like it. And it's a good opener, I think. It's, yeah. They didn't do the Maiden thing with a rocker as an opener. They kind of went into this, which is, yeah. I don't know. I just think Bruce's vo- voice on this is like really strong. Yeah, it's His one of the better vocal performances on the yeah. album. Because there's not a lot of vocals here, surprisingly. It's just kind of pretty basic. Yeah, some of the songs, yeah. when we get into them, like... Pretty basic. I have some harsh criticisms of some of these songs. Let's go. But, uh, and there's not much of a solo here. It's you know what there. I mean? It's uh, it's kind of a melodic solo, but you know, there's no like blistering Yannick. You know what he's usually like? Yeah. Frantic soloing. There's none of that. Yeah. So and funny, there's a the a lyric in this. It's like, "Oh, in a blood red sun- sunrise, take me to Jesus with Judas my guide." And then two our albums later. They have a song called Judas My Guide. Yeah. Is, I don't know. I like it when these things pop up and then oh, they yeah. resurface. There's a link there. So, so yeah. There. And then, I don't know. I've got a clip of the outro too, but I don't know. I think I'm going to play it. Let's get on to the next Let's song. go on. Tattooed Millionaire. It's a pretty good... I think I think Son of, Son of a Gun is one of the better songs on here. And I think it's a very strong song. I'd agree with that take. And Tattooed Millionaire, I also think, is a very uh, strong song. Like, I think this one is... Yeah, I think where you and I differ yeah. is I think you like the lead into this album, and I like to finish better. I don't know why. I, 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 I could, like when you're you're gonna go through this now. Tattoo Man, I don't hate it. I just for me, it's the title track. It yeah. just stood out right at the beginning, and I just never it, it didn't bite for me. It just I don't know. I just felt like it was disappointing. Could have been better. See, the thing I don't like about this song is he uses that like raspy kind of gruff no prayer voice. Yeah, the one that he show up on no prayer after. Yeah, it's uh I just it's I don't like it and he uses it a lot on this album um, I got a clip of it from this song he got a wife she ain't no playing child ex-month queen of Miami and it's stretched Cadillac he keeps her in the back with a CD player and his bottle of Jack Ellie Tune Ellie Tune laid back selfish and getting fat money gods porn stars gold credit so I really don't like that like raspy delivery that he does yeah and it's all over this album and I'm not a big fan of it but to me the reason that this song like what saves the song is the chorus it's just like there's harmonies it's like layers of Bruce mm. uh, the pre-chorus is great the chorus is great it's super catchy uh, like this more than makes up for like the horrible verses it's, 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 it's the part where he sings about his entourage and it, oh god hit play it Big 
first clip, I was going to say, well, I get, you know, you don't like the way he's singing, but I was like, that's the only part of the song I find has got any guts. And then it leads into you and all. See, I'm the opposite. That, wait, no. Okay. That, so, so to me, that's like, it's so blah that it's almost like it could be a Saved by the, the Bell theme song. <laughs> like, as soon as he starts singing, it's just so cheesy. You and all your address. It's just, I hear that in that song. I just hate it. Like, I guess for me, this whole album, and, you know, we'll break it down if you get more into it, but... For me, it's just it's just so far from what I'm used to. The context I'm used to hearing, it's like it's so. Ugh. Yeah, but don't forget this is this is Cheesy not rock. Maiden. No, I know it's, it's a hard rock album. I get that. I get that. Okay, I get that. I totally yeah. get that, and that's why I have trouble with it. Yeah, so I mean, I get it that it's not Maiden. I understand that, but I don't know. For me, you know, I was I was expecting something more, and uh, I don't know. I I hate that part. Yeah. Well, it it's it's not a good way to get into Bruce. By listening to Chemical Wedding and then going back and listening to this, yeah, like you should listen to this first and be like, then get your mind blown by Chemical Wedding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, you're, yeah, it's kind of anything like, on the screen for me, sir. You both soundtrack. Yep. If you that's heard true. this, you'd be like, oh, that's a washed up demo tape for some wedding singer. <laughs> Seriously. Anyway, we're I think this is a great song. I love the song. Okay, I think yeah. it's okay. Okay, it's a title track. Song. Do you know what the song's about? Not a clue. Okay, so me, wait now. A millionaire who has tattoos. Nope. Not at all. Well, sort of. Have you ever seen this book before? Oh, God. So you show me a book. It's called The Dirt. It's a book about Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Um, no. Is this that crazy book that talks about all the shit they did? Yes. Yeah. Because I, re- I read a... I watched a podcast on that or a video okay. podcast. So it's a great book. Is that the one that has the burrito stuff in it? Everything's in it. Oh, God. Yeah. It's a great... Anyway. <laughs> so there's a story in there. Yeah. Basically what happened, Bruce had a girlfriend named Jane. I think her name was Jane. Went on to become his wife. Um, she slept with Nikki Six from Motley Crue when Crue was opening for Maiden. No. Yeah, and they, he wrote this song about Nikki Six and his type, apparently. That's the story, anyway. And they got divorced in 1987. Um, so, from the dirt, I was going to read the passage in that. I was going to read, I have highlighted a few parts, but they're spread out all over the book. So, I'll just give you like a summary. I'm not going to read you actually from the book. But it says, he says, Nikki Six says he was in a hotel room in Europe when they're on tour, and some blonde woman came in his bathroom window, had sex with him in the bathroom, and then left. And the next day, they met Bruce Dickinson, and that blonde was with Bruce Dickinson. And he didn't know who she was or anything, and then he figured, anyway. And then later on on the tour, like a few days later, Bruce challenged Mick Myers to a fencing duel because he thought he thought it was Mick Myers that slept with her or whatever. So it's this big... No know. way. Yeah, it's just that's like cool. yeah. So the, yeah, so that's the whole story behind this like tattooed millionaire thing. But apparently, if you if you can it. trust a heroin junkie that's trying to remember what happened to him but in nineteen ninety, did, did Bruce stay married to this woman? You said he no, divorced he divorced her, her in nineteen eighty seven, uh, and he had a second one. He had got married again after that. Wow. Yeah. So that's a that's an interesting tidbit. Uh, you know, gossip. I, I'm not too picky on you know everybody has a history and all that, but when your missus sleeps with someone from Molly Crew, then you gotta got <laughs> yeah you know, Nikki Six yeah the Hepsi or the Herpes would be bad enough. When the the uh, only other thing I want to play from this song is the solo, which I think is really good. Yannick does a really melodic, structured solo. It's kind of playing for the song and not going like I said that frantic balls out soloing he does a lot. Um, it's really restrained Yannick, and I think if it's a song really good, there's like two guitar lines written like played in harmony um it's just really good solo
That's a good solo from Yannick. Yeah, yeah. not bad. I think it's good. It fits the song well. It does. It, it, it definitely does. So obviously, it's a title track, and it was a single. And I have the single here. This is the Tattoo Millionaire 12-inch single. And there's a good picture of a, a young Yannick and Bruce on the back. Cool. That is an awesome-looking cover, though. Yeah, it's cool. It's like yeah. a dragon tattoo. It's So the, you can see the B-sides are Ballad of Mutt and Winds of Change. Yeah. Winds of Change. It's not the Scorpion song. No. No. Okay. All right. Yeah, so the Ballad of Mutt is kind of a throwaway bluesy song. It's like an acoustic blues song. I have a clip of it. because It's not worth playing, but Bruce is singing in this like weird accent. It's one of those, you know, those throwaway songs that they always do. Yeah. Tell me this doesn't sound like Steven Tyler. Yes, before I met my baby, there was a whole lot going on. I used to wag my tail at every corner, never hesitate to give that bitch a bone. <laughs> I don't know why he's singing that accent. Anyway, it's kind of a throwaway acoustic thing. I think him and Yannick just like whipped this joke song out. And yeah. he saved it for a B-side. I don't know. No. Anyway. I just thought he sounds like Steven Tyler on that. I heard it and it jumped out at me. Yeah. The second song, Winds of Change. It's not a cover of the Scorpion song, like we said. Yeah. It's actually, it's a decent B-side. Not outstanding, but it's like solid. Uh, it has a really short, like, balls out Yannick solo. But it's super repetitive. I can see why it's not on the album, because it's like really repetitive. <laughs> Like compared to the other stuff, like this is like it's more repetitive, more repetitive. Yeah, it's more repetitive. So, I have a theory that I haven't read anywhere else. I think Winds of Change was written at this time, yeah. And I don't think Bruce was 100% happy with it, but he liked it. And I think he reworked it into Tears of the Dragon. So, I think that he recorded this song and then was kind of like, There's something there, but it's not. I think I could do, make this a lot better. Do you have evidence for this, Nesbitt? I did a Winds of Change, Tears of the Dragon <laughs> of comparison clip. Of course you did. So they don't sound exactly the same, but I think you can see where one came from the other. Winds of That was basically like the working version of or Tears of a Dragon, Tears of a Dragon. which is a hundred times better. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it yeah. is. It's on the screen for me, Sarah uh, Yeah. Soundtrack we covered it, so yeah, awesome. Love that song. But uh, anyway, that's my theory about Winds of Change B side. A Nesbit original theory, <laughs> Un- undocumented. I'll start a Reddit post yeah. on this. Yeah. And there's a uh, there's a video for it, but it's like a cheesy video. It didn't really age well for Tattooed Millionaire. It's uh, Bruce, and he's like in a submarine looking through a periscope and he's like in a leather jacket and there's all these businessmen stereotypes and one of them like stabs the other one literally in the back and there's like i don't know it's just all these la stereotypes and bruce is like 
rolling his eyes and singing about them. It didn't age well at all. It's a super cheesy video, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah, 1990. All right, Born in 58. Born in 58. I think this is the best song on the album. Oh, God. I love this song. Oh, my God. I put this song on, like, tons of mixes. There's I too, love this too song. too much cheese in the lyrics for me. That's autobiographical. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good... It's a good... And, like, Bruce has never, ever been able to write anything, any personal lyrics in, like, a Maiden song. And this song is legitimately, like, about him. Like, he was born August 7, 1958. Yeah. And he said, if you, you read Bruce's book, and he says he was born in Worksop, Nottinghamshire, yeah. which is a coal mining town, and his yeah. grand, he was brought up by his grandparents. His grandfather was a coal miner. All these lyrics are like, you know, about him. I just I really like the lyrics. I love his singing. When I, I play this one in the car all the time, this is one of the ones I like belt out while I'm driving. Really? Because I love it. Yeah. Um, live, the song is even better. Uh, it's a bit heavier. It's got more energy to it. So live, it's like heavier and faster. That's from a live in Studio A, which yeah. is a live album. Yeah. So you know, again, it's got the reference like black and white TV. Uh, every time I hear TV in a metal song, I just get like angry. You know. Oh, yeah. Back to the Wild and Blows thing. But um, do you think this is a metal song? I think this is a hard rock song. song. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is. This is all rock, and in some cases, yeah. soft. But look, my grandfather taught me how to fight old-fashioned stuff like wrong and right. But all around, I see his morals buried in a mess of money troubles. Born in a mining town in '58. It's almost like a country song, and yeah. I know it is autobiographical. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't like doesn't bite for me. I just, no, I get it. I'm it's just, a ten out of ten for me. I love this. A song. Ten out of ten. Love it. I think it's the best song on the album by far. Yeah, that's saying a lot. Uh, I don't know. There's it's, some other decent songs. It's there. up there. There's some other decent songs. Yeah, yeah. I'd give it. I don't know. I'm not rating it. No, you don't have to rate it. I'm no. just saying. Yeah. So yeah, it came out uh, as a single. Uh, had B-sides, had Tattooed Millionaire and Son of a Gun, both live versions, from the Astoria Theatre in London in June 1990. Yeah. So The meaning behind the songs does mean a lot to me. You know, it's a, it is yeah. autobiographical, born in 58, but, you know, it's like, we got two weeks to jam out a, I mean, you know, an album. Yeah. Oh, born in 58 in a little mining town with people who were around for the war. I learned right from wrong. All right, there's a song. Let's move on to the next one, Yannick. It was great. Yeah, I don't know. I think this is a super strong song. I like it. I yeah. think it. I love it actually. All I love right. it. I think it's the best song on the album. Hell on Wheels. And then oh, we're going along with like three songs, which I think are all pretty good. Yes. Uh, Son of a Gun, I think is great. Uh, Tattooed Millionaire, I think is good. Is really good. Yeah. Born in '58 is great. And then you hit Hell on Wheels, which is like, oh man. What? <laughs> Jeez. 
It is my comment yeah, is this is super a big, cheesy, a big but it's got misstep. A, it got a great riff. I love this song. Yeah, in that way, I think okay, it's super cheesy. I'm surprised cheese. that you like it. Okay, it's super cheese, and but uh, you know, like <laughs> it's the only one. Like the beginning, where I was like, okay, maybe it's because I can laugh at it. But, well, this song. Okay, so this is that Bruce voice I was talking about. It's like super raspy. It's almost like he's yeah. rapping. So in Tattooed Millionaire, he does that same thing with his voice. But the pre-chorus and the chorus, I think the singing on them is so good that it like more than makes up for it. But here, the chorus, it's kind of catchy, but it's pretty weak. And it's just not strong enough to like make up for these horrible sung verses, which I really don't like. And the generic lyrics with like with driving a car, he's, it's all about basically getting oral sex in a car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which you know I think is cool. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, I, I found it has the same flow as kind of like the Tattoo Millionaire, where it's got like that grungy thing, and then the, like this like rhythmic chorus. Yeah, I just like this chorus more. Okay. And, See, I'm uh, the opposite. I like the Millionaire chorus more. Fair enough. Yeah, but it's, it is the same structure exactly. Right? But that song, yeah. like I've heard that song a hundred thousand times. Like there's other versions you could mash up and lie right over that. Fast cars and fast women. Fast cars and fast women. <laughs> so yeah. here's a funny story. Yeah. So I looked up the lyrics to this. And I went to whatever the first Google result was, which is like a lyrics website. Yeah. And lyrics I don't know if you look up lyrics up very yeah. often, but you know how there's always mistakes in there. Yeah. And then they get cut and pasted from like from like one page to the other. So it's like yeah. so on the lyric website I looked up, it said hard to steer when the devil's driving and then said Helen's wheels. And the brakes yeah. won't hold. Hard to steer when the devil's driving. Hell on wheels and the brakes won't hold. And I was like, it can't be Helen's. Helen's wheels. Like some woman named Helen. Helen's yeah. wheels. But then I, well, here's the vinyl. And I yeah. looked up the lyric sheet on the inside. It is Helen's wheels. Helen's wheels. Helen's. There's some woman named Helen. Yeah. <laughs> I heard that and I was just like, my mind so was blown. driving Helen's wheels. I don't know. It doesn't make much know. sense. It, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. <laughs> he's like lay off the gas and make it last because under my hood she's blowing fast it's just like super cheesy like i don't know yeah there's a double entendre <laughs> yeah. there it's too many but layers not... <laughs> too many layers to unpack that lyrical genius yeah uh, gypsy road gypsy road not a cover of the cinderella song gypsy road no uh, i think we're kind of a bit back on track after that last song i think this is a good song it's but it's kind of another one of these songs. Some of these repetitive. Or... Yeah, it's but the chorus is really catchy. I really like it. I don't know, like by the time you get to this place in the album, yeah, it's kind of like another song like this. Yeah. But I mean, it's catchy and his vo- his vocals are great. Um, one thing with the song is the solo. Yannick plays with a slide in the solo, mm-hmm. and I don't know if I've ever heard him do that before. I don't know if he does that in any Maiden songs or if he did that in like White Spirit. But it sounds really cool. This 100% reminds me of... I'll bring up the Tragically Hip again. This reminds me of something Bobby Baker of Tragically Hip would play.
So catchy chorus, but that solo when I hear it sounds, it sounds like tragically hip solo. It does. It totally does. And I know I was going on with them earlier, but hey. when I hear that, that's all I can hear. So anyway. Yeah, I got one comment for Gypsy Road. Yeah. Blurg. That's literally what Blurg? I wrote down in my notes. Is that like Blurg? As in, oh, more of ugh, this. Okay. Like Gypsy Road. It's just yeah. so re- repetitive again. Like yeah. everything is like, okay, let's name the track and then just repeat it. I think on their own, these songs, when, when they're all put together it's just and front-loaded at the beginning of this, of this yeah. album, they're all front-loaded and one after the other. And there's just a lot of similar, you know, I know yeah. what you mean. Now it's going to get to dive, dive. So, okay. This is a song about a submarine, right? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> dive, dive, dive. And yeah, so this yeah. is like, this is like that book uh, yeah. that I was just showing you, Lord Iffy Boat Race. Yeah. It's that kind of humor. It's just like, I know. Double entendres. Dive, dive, yeah. dive. It's yeah. just like, I don't know. I know. It's like, gonna dive tonight. There's no release till you're deep down inside. Semen stains is down below. Torpedo's loaded. He's ready to go. Oh my God. Is Wait to a... discharge, waiting to release. I see where the bones come up from below. It's like, I, I think know. there's a double entendre in there as well. <laughs> oh my God, there's so many layers to this writing. I'm going to play a clip a just because if you if people listening to this maybe have never heard this song, yeah. you're not missing out on much. that he said dive 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 no muff too tough yeah yeah no, oh my so, God. so from in bruce's book mm. his uh what does this button do book he says that he read dive 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 no muff too tough on a bathroom wall and that's where he got the lyric from god um <laughs> watch how i get sued for that yeah but uh, plagiarism yeah the the riff in that song there at the end is very aerosmith it's a super, and the lyrics are, this sounds very Aerosmith, yeah. you're right. The yeah. lyrics have that cheesy Aerosmith innuendo stuff. Yeah, that's right. The only part of the song that I think is uh, at all redeeming is the this part where, like, for, I think, live for the audience to sing. They put this part in. Oh, my God. It's going on forever. This is horrible. Yeah, it's uh, this is actually a loop of it that I made. It's uh, eight minutes long. So oh, I'm gonna let this go forever. If you want. No, don't, I'll shut it off. The sonar sound though is pretty cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's super cheesy. It's, I don't. I don't know. I think it's filler. It's a throwaway song. The loop background music could be a cool thing for a song <laughs> review. I can. You want? I could put this out for you to uh, use as your ringtone on your phone. Oh, when well, I call, it yeah, can just go whoa whoa forever. Well, well, yeah, let's not do that. Okay. <laughs> this was also for some reason a single. I don't know why the release was a single. It has a B side, "Riding with the Angels," which is a live version, which is like a rocker. It sounds like a generic priest song, which it, but it's way better than "Dive Dive Dive." I do not like "Dive Dive Dive." No. Thumbs down for me. Yeah, that's okay. It's, you know, separating them from the rest of the tracks. At least it's something different, though. 
Yeah. You can say that. Yeah, it's a, it's got a chorus made up of three words. Yeah, but I think we know now where like all of the yeah. Bruce Dickinson Iron Maiden B sides that have like joke lyrics. That's yeah. pure Bruce. You know, it all comes from him because all this stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. He loves the cheese. So then we're after that horrible abomination. Yeah. <laughs> then we're into another amazing song, "All the Young Dudes." I love this song, but I loved the song before I heard the Bruce version. Yeah. So, yeah. But I don't think the Bruce version does the song any improvements at all. It doesn't improve it at all. It's just no. another version. It's just a good yeah. song, right? But even then, I don't. I don't think he has a great, great take on it. I think Did he does it? a pretty good take. It's a little speeded up, and uh, I don't know. Oh boy, yeah, know. it's a pretty classic song. Yeah, and then you know. So I, do you know the story of the song? I don't know the story of the original. No. So it's Mott the Hoople. Yeah, it was written by David Bowie. Yeah, for Mott the Hoople. Yeah. Uh, if it depends what story you go by. So Mott the Hoople was on the go for a few years and they were kind of ready. They didn't really get any success and they're ready to quit. And David Bowie heard that and he offered them the song Suffragette City, uh, which they turned down because they didn't think it would get any radio play. So the story goes that David Bowie sat cross-legged in an agent's office with acoustic guitar and wrote this song on the spot for them and gave it to them. And he just basically see as like to try to keep them on the go. So they took it they recorded it they released it and it was a hit and they kept going for a few years and uh but then i have i have a bunch of david bowie books at home too and in one of them it says that david bowie actually had this already written for the ziggy stardust album so i don't know if the story about him writing it on the spot is true yeah the version of this song that i know is is a bowie song i don't think so like I, i'm pretty sure i've heard it. it's never been on a bowie album it's no? been released as like on these like compilations of weird studio takes he's done and outtakes and b-sides and stuff Oh, wow. So the version you heard, you probably thought was Bowie. Maybe. Because yeah. it sounds like Bowie. Probably. I mean, you hear this, it just... And now I'm hearing the story, it just and in my mind, just like it's Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. So, uh, the reason they did this, that Bruce yeah. and Yannick did, picked this song, they had two weeks. They're scrambling for content, I think. <laughs> so, before this, Bruce and Yannick were asked to join this band called Marillion for a charity event, the Prince's Trust at Wembley Stadium. It was a few months before this. And, uh... They decide, so they both covered the song. They covered this song, uh, that Joe Cocker's I'll Get By a Little Help from My Friends, and The Boys Are Back in Town by Thin Lizzy. So they had these three songs. Or they had already covered them. Yannick and Bruce had already covered these them, this song together months mm. before. So I think they're like, well, let's just record it. We already know it, and we already, you know. So Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm not a big fan of covers unless you really do a cool... Yeah, like, it's like kind the of... Metallica whiskey in a jar thing. Like I don't love that song, but I like the fact yeah, they that did a good it, take it adds on something it. on yeah. it, right? Yeah, they did their uh, own spin on it. Smash Pumpkins Landslide was awesome. Yeah. Like I like I like it when it sounds yeah. better yeah. or different. I don't know. Here's something he changed is he said in the original it says my brother's back at home with the Beatles and the Stones. And I read an interview with Bruce and he said he changed it to my father's back at home with the Beatles and the Stones because he said like it's been so long since this song came out. He changed it from brother to father because it's more like mm. relevant just as an update. And uh, oh, something here's another little fun fact about the song. Nothing to do with the Bruce version. So Bruce sings Wendy's stealing clothes from Marks and Sparks is a lyric. And Marks and Sparks is Marks and Spencer. Yeah. When this original when Mata Hoople had this out on the radio, BBC wouldn't play it because you're not allowed to say you're not there's no advertising it. They couldn't say Marks and Sparks because Marks and Spencer's it's like so close. a brand. So they had to change it to Wendy stealing clothes from unlocked cars. There's two versions of the unlocked cars and the Marks and Sparks version. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing that happened with the Kinks with that song Lola. You know how they said you drink champagne and taste just like cherry cola, C O L A cola. Yeah. 
Originally, that was Coca-Cola, but they had to change it to Cherry Cola because the BBC was like, you can't say a brand name in the song. It's really weird, hey, back then, the way they... Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, well... It's a really similar to the original. It's sped up a bit, but I really like the song, so I'm not complaining. But it would be cool if he had have, like done a bit of a different take on it. Um, I don't know. I just assume yeah. hear the original version. Of the well, song. here's the original, and this is yeah. the one they probably thought was David Bowie. Television man is crazy. Sam with juvenile delinquent Rex. Oh, man, I need TV when I got T-Rex. Oh, brother, you can't. I'm a good man. Hey, dude. Where are you? Stand up. So that's the original, and Bruce's is a little sped up, but it's almost the same. The television man is crazy, seeing which you and I delinquent rest. And just for completeness, I have uh, the David Bowie version. Television man is crazy, saying we're juvenile delinquent wrecks. Man, I need a TV when I've got T-Rex. Hey, brother, you cast. I definitely uh, thought the first one was Bowie. Um, yeah, you know, just my memory. Yeah. I mean, well, I even the way he's like that. pronouncing the words sounds yeah. like Bowie. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I haven't heard that. I don't say the original version, and you know, maybe I heard it on the radio a year yeah. or two ago. Yeah, but um, yeah, that I that's that's awesome. The just for me, I mean, come on, like a cover. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like, it's know. a good song. I just yeah. don't think I think the Bowie version is really cool. Yeah, what a legend, by the way. Oh, I know, amazing. Yeah. He's another person that I have huge like loss. a huge vinyl collection and book collection on. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, he's a guy that I, I know. I have a fair bit of his vinyl. Yeah, uh, from my father, and um, you know, I've listened to a few of his albums on my phone. But I always think like, why don't I get more into this? Yeah, you know, because everything, everything I listen to, I love. Uh, yeah. I didn't like that album that he put up, that Black Star album. I didn't like it at all at first, yeah. and now I think it took a while, but now I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm going to get that on vinyl too because yeah. that's one of the ones I don't have. Yeah, and I love the Ziggy Stardust. Oh yeah, stuff. that stuff's great. Yeah, yeah I mean, I've got a big shelf could... of uh, yeah. Ziggy or of uh, David Bowie Bowie's vinyl stuff, at home. Yeah, yeah. it's all well. It's not all great. There's a lot of throwaway stuff in there too yeah, that I don't can't yeah. get into. Like some of those, I don't know. Yeah, he's pretty artsy too. And some of the he's all over the place all too, all right? Place, like yeah. he went through so many. Phases. Yeah, like even his, his last album was, was like a farewell gift to his fans. Yeah, they said that's Blackstar. That's the one I'm talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, but it was, yeah. it was it was crazy. Like I listened to a bit of it. Yeah, and I was it's just really like, weird. It was all over the place. Yeah, but um, yeah, okay, moving on. But anyway, they're all good versions. Yeah. He did. I think it's a solid version, but I think it was because they had already played it. Him and Yannick already had the song rehearsed for that benefit concert they kind of just recorded it put it out there 
uh, it had, this was released. It had a B-side, Darkness Be My Friend, which is an acoustic song. It's like two minutes long. It's just like kind of an idea of a song. It's not even... They released this a as a song. single? Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah, here's the single here. Oh, wow. Uh, this is the... Uh, this is a cut-to-shape picture disc. So it's shaped kind of like a... I don't know, like a... Oh, coffin. wow. So it's, That's uh, weird. Yeah, it's weird, eh? Yeah, it's like shaped it's Shaped a... like a coffin almost. Yeah, this one like side it. has a picture of a, a high heel shoe on a motorcycle, and the other one yeah. is Bruce riding a motorcycle. That's a really cool vinyl. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Next song, Licking the Gun. Man. This album is all downhill from here, man. Oh. Uh, I don't think there's anything. Uh... There, there's there's really good riff in this, but it's just the cheesiest. Like, Licking the Gun. What does it even mean? Like The chorus is, licking know, the gun, licking the hand that feeds you, licking the gun, finger licking fun. Like, what the heck? Yeah, it's when like, I that, I was like, it's more you, of that raspy high? rap rock. Yeah. It has a horrible, horrible chorus. Terrible lyrics. It's like trying to be like funk or something. I don't know. Um, I'm going to play a clip of it so you can, in case anyone doesn't know what the song sounds like. Watch religion coming Watch corruption on the shows. So the song's like three minutes and change. It seems like it's, you know, 12 minutes. It's so repetitive. And the solo is just a bunch of like whammy bar dives and whatever. This is pure filler. I think this is like a riff and they just kind of forced it into a song. Mm. I don't know. Filler. It's horrible. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. I don't think there's anything good about this song no, at all. No, there's nothing good. The next one. Yeah, we're going to skip that one. It's going yeah, to the next we're one. we're going on to the next one. Zulu Lulu. Zulu Lulu. What the hell is Another this Another cheesy sex innuendo song with horrible lyrics, a super generic solo. Um, this is another, I think this is pure filler too. Like, here's a clip. She wants a Zulu. Yeah, I think it's just about having sex with a black woman. Yeah, basically, which she calls Zulu Lulu. <laughs> I know, which is crazy. Yeah, there's a uh, lyric there about like coffee with milk in there too. Oh yeah, we came to together over coffee with milk. She never stopped till every drop was spilled. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. yeah, that's that one's coming up for me in a cheddar cheese lyric session for sure. Yeah, the um, oh god, this is just yeah. so bad. Yeah, I don't know. You know? I can't. Yeah. This one, look in the gun, this one, dive, dive, dive. At least yeah. had like a little bit of redeeming characteristics to it. Both of these songs I can't stand. Yeah, Zulu, I think is just like yeah, and borderline offensive too. Like, oh yeah, it's totally stupid. Yeah, anyway. completely. All right, next one. The last song, No, no Lies. Lies. So yeah. this one isn't horrible. It's not like terrible. It. It's the, all of them are Yannick and Bruce compositions, except for this one is just just bruce wrote this one it's a solo songwriting dickinson credit so what is your opinion of this because i have a take on this song well wait now i want okay. i want to play the the opening part okay. of the song because uh this room I, I i like what is this i've heard this a hundred times Hold on. so before you play this 
clip they want to play. Yeah. I think I know exactly what you're going to say because I think yeah. I already have a clip made, a comparison clip. Close to this is basically a really shitty version of uh, Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly it. Yeah, so yeah. listen to the first clip is No Lies. The second clip is Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. And I think, and just forget about the words and just yeah. listen to the instruments. I think this is exactly what you're just about to play. Yep. So that's exactly where I was going. Yeah. To me, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Well, if the feel's the same. Bring your daughter is better. But when you explained the history there that they took that and basically kept as a maiden song, it just kind of, yeah. Bring your daughter is better. Yeah. I think they were like, Steve Harris is like, save that song for for the next maiden album. And he's like, okay, but I'm just going to kind of change it a bit and release it anyway. But even then, the lyrics, like, I, I don't know the lyrics part of it, like, no lies, no angels, something, no heaven, or something like that. Where yeah. you, that rift, there's a load in there where I'm like, you've ripped those lyrics off. Like I, when I heard them, I was like, I've heard that before. Um, I don't know this, this track. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Obviously. Cause, cause of the tie back to Maiden. Um, but you know, whatever it's, it's the second part of the album. Like it's, it has a catchy chorus. I'll give it that. Yeah. It's rounding out a dead end of the album though. Yeah. Really? I mean, for me, like from hell on wheels, you know, yeah. maybe dive, dive, dive. Then it's just off a cliff. Like all the young dudes don't care about it. Uh, hearing his version of it. Yeah. And then licking the gun, Zulu Lulu. No, no lies, a good finish. My take on the album overall is severe disappointment in the sense, like, because I know Chemical Wedding is so good. Right. And then we just did the screen for me, Sarajevo, which, to be honest with you, I still listen to that soundtrack. It's awesome. Yep. Love it. There's, like, not probably three songs that, that could take off the worst three on that. That's, like, not even, like, yeah, that I whole album that. is almost, yeah. almost right across the bar. I totally agree. This. The vocals yeah. aren't even that good. At a time when he was in his in his prime, uh, it's boring eighty style rock feel. It's just lame. Uh, it's a it's an album full of choruses. It's just repeat, repeat, and blah. And like I've been listening to a lot of Chris Cornell solo lately, and uh, like Chris Cornell could be huge on his own. Soundgarden was a band, did it with Audio Slave. Yeah, this just screamed to me the whole time. Bruce couldn't, Bruce wouldn't be anything with it. I mean, I hate to say it that way. But like, yeah, he would have gotten nowhere on his own. Based yeah. on this album. Based on this album, yeah. exactly. Yeah. If he yeah. didn't know what was to yeah, come. Which is all I'm yeah. basing this take on, because right. the, the solo stuff. So like I, I wonder said. if when this came out and Steve Harris heard it, mm. if he was like, phew. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like the album that, you know, I'm sure Steve Harris was kind of like, I hope this album isn't like better than Maiden. Yeah, but I mean, you put it in context too. I know he jammed it out real quick with, with Yanni. Well, he wrote it in I mean, two weeks. It really shows that it was written in two weeks, I think. It wasn't, wasn't he frustrated... Uh, in uh, you know, with uh, somewhere in time that he wasn't uh, he wasn't involved enough, and then yeah, but he, then Seventh Son, and then Seventh Son, he's yeah. A so this involved. is after Seventh Son, yeah. But I mean, this is hardly like, hey, Steve, take notice, look at my skills. No, I think it was like a bunch of stuff he wanted to get out of the system, and yeah. just to get out of that environment of Maiden and just have fun. I think this is just him having fun. Yeah. Uh, there's some good songs on there. A lot of throwaway songs, a lot of filler. Yeah. 
rushed songwriting. It's really front front loaded yeah. with like the good songs, I think, because it starts off with some really good songs, and then they, they throw in a few stinkers, and then the at last half, I think, just goes downhill. Yeah. So I don't know, but I still get, I still would give it the overall a pass. The album, it's not a strong pass because the bad songs are so bad, especially like Zulu Lulu and yeah, yeah, dive dive dive. Gypsy know. Road for me. I love Gypsy Road. Yeah. I kind of like those kind of songs though, because they're like it reminds me of uh, I don't know, like you know those damn Yankees songs, those yeah. like kind of hair metally power ballady things. So yeah, I love that kind of music. Yeah. So when I hear this, it reminds me of like where you going now and that kind of stuff. Like, so I really, I like, I like, a, a, you know, a power ballad chorus. Yeah. But it is the songs are kind of repetitive, and there's a lot of like similar structures to the songs. Yeah. Especially in the front half. But even then, they, they, when they when he you know they they use this formula so constant, the solos aren't consistent. There's nothing really exciting at the end. You figure yeah. you know um, that that it's surprisingly formulaic, but still didn't lean that way with the solos. So I don't know. I mean, for me, this album. If you're listening to this, you know, don't bother with it. <laughs> I, I mean, would say listen to yeah, the ones that listen to Chemical Wedding, which we haven't. Covered. No, I'm saying listen to the songs that we said like we're yeah. decent and then skip the ones that we said were no good that's just our taste i know you're gonna find people that love certain songs and hate certain songs but like to me there's a lot of really really good songs on this album or there's a few really good songs on this album i think son of a gun's great i really like tattooed millionaire and born in 58 is one of my favorite uh dickinson songs so yeah but i mean you compare this album to chemical wedding tyranny of souls yeah any of those albums and doesn't doesn't hold yeah it doesn't. Yeah. So, Not that anyway. I had great tenure with those albums, but yeah. I, I spent a lot of time listening to this, and the comments met by friends were, oh, this is... Yeah. It know. sounds pretty dated, too. Yeah, it does. Or, like, a lot of the Maiden like, stuff no, doesn't... like, great vocal, you know, experience anywhere in it. Like, I don't know. I think there's a lot of good vocal experience. I think Gypsy uh, Rose, Son of a Gun, Tattooed Millionaire, Born in 58, I think are great vocals. Like, yeah. the vocals in the courses of those. But they are kind of repetitive. But anyway, I, I still give it a pass because those songs I just mentioned, I think, are strong enough to pass. Yeah. It's you know, it's decent. It's, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'm just underwhelmed. Yeah. I guess I don't even mean to be too hard on it, but you know that we, as we know through this podcast, we have a high standard. Maiden's amazing. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so anything that comes into this space automatically gets compared to Maiden. That's this yeah. Is maiden well, it podcast. is a Maiden podcast, right? Yeah. And this this yeah. this is, leaves us wanting. Yeah. Well, this wouldn't compare to. I don't think. Any of the Maiden albums? Oh, God, no. There's no Maiden album there. No, no, none. This none. Compare to. Even the one yeah. everybody picks the worst one. We won't go into that now. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, well, what is the worst one? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that now. So, the beer. We'll disagree on that. Okay. We'll, we'll disagree on that later. Cool. Timothy Taylor's Landlord. This yeah. is uh, pretty good. There's nothing like to write home about, but it's a good, solid, tasty beer. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that was never 500 mils. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking to it. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's as good as I remember, to be honest. Nice ale. Yeah, it's good. back to Manchester on our trip. Perfect. Yep. So what's up next for us? Next week we're going to do... Another Maiden episode. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we're going to get back in the Maiden next maiden next episode. And then yeah. we've got a bunch of albums we're going to cover. We've been getting a lot of requests for albums. We're going to figure out what album to do next. And yeah. uh, we'll we'll probably have that figured out We'll next announce week. it next week. Yep. Cool. And we'll do some viewer... Um, you know, we've got yes, we a, got a of bunch of viewer yeah. mail to so, catch up. Some really on, cool so. stuff we're going to get yep. into. All right, cool. We'll leave it there. All right. Awesome. Uh, you want to get in touch with us? Talkingmaiden.com. Yeah. Send us an email. We'll always get back to you. And uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing from you. No so. muff too tough. No muff too tough. <laughs> up the irons, down the hops. Yeah.